Cyclist Nicholas Slimini, we chatted to him very briefly the other day as he was huffing and puffing. No, he doesn't huff and puff. The rest of us would huff and puff as he was cycling easily through uh, <laughs> the, the hills of the Western Cape and the Apsa Cape Epic. Did you finish in one piece, Nicholas? Hey, Bruce, I actually did. I did. No, no I'm actually lying. I didn't. I did crash <laughs> on the last day. <laughs> but that um, um, yeah, was a good was, experience. Good experience, but I mean, did you get hurt? It was a uh, yeah, because it was a uh, the the route was rough. No, the last day was rough. I think um, it was a good and a bad uh, thing that I, I actually crashed because what um, what what would the experience be with me walking out of the epic with no crashes or anything to show? So um, yeah, no, I was actually fine after the last day. It was a few scratches uh, on my elbows. Um, could have been worse, um, but I walked away um, feeling okay, actually. <laughs> Those of us who fall off our bikes from time to time are grateful that the pros do it too. It makes us feel less inadequate. For those of us, let's, let's also just talk about cycling generally. I mean, you've written some of the world's greatest events and you finished some, you haven't finished others. But for those of us who are never, ever, 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 ever going to ride the Tour de France, please describe to me what it's like because that is probably one of the more astonishing cycling feats. It's over a month of riding through France, through flatlands and through um, the, the, the chateau country and through the mountains. It is hectic. What was it like going to the Tour de France, the pinnacle, if you like, of cycling, of anything to do with cycling? Yeah, no, Bruce, to be, to be honest, the, the Tour de France is a circus. It's an absolute circus. Um, there's so much that goes into the tour, the, the, the operation itself. It's, it's it's a major one, and for the teams as well, um, it's it's months of build up to to get to the Tour de France, and and for the riders' preparations as well. It, it's quite it's quite it's months of preparations, and getting there. Um, I mean, you actually get busy before even the, before the tour even start. It's all the interviews, getting all the the tests done and all the blood tests. Um, and then by the time the tour starts, it becomes so stressful. Um, and then only after a week, it actually starts to settle down and, you know, then it actually feels like the tour itself. But the first few days is always really hectic and stressful, a lot of crashes. And actually the last, last um, the tour last year was probably one of the most stressful ones in quite a long time, um, where there was a lot of crashes just in the first week. Um, luckily, a lot of our guys um, were were not involved in some of those crashes. But yeah, it was really sad to see a lot of guys going home quite early, and some of the GC guys getting affected. But the experience is really an amazing one. Um, you get you get there, you see the the banter, the spectators. I don't know what it what it would have been like if I did the tour during um, during Corona. Uh, where there was no spectators, um, so it was nice to do to do it last year with spectators on some of the climbs, where you can feel the atmosphere when you're something going up the climbs. You see a lot of people, even in the rainy days. It's so amazing to see people waiting for us um, to come <laughs> yeah. past, um, standing on standing on the side of the road yes. while it's pouring and two degrees. So it's 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 such an, a, a phenomenal feeling just to be there. And and to do the, the 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 pinnacle the pinnacle race and also just to to walk into a coffee shop, and you know the the most um, asked question is have you done the Tour de France? And before that, you know, it, it was one question I always tried uh, always tried avoiding. 
but now, you know, I, I can actually um, proudly say I've done it, even though I haven't finished it, but I, I've done it. But I do, I do still have um, unfinished business t- um, to go back and um, and finish what I started. I have no doubt. I mean, I've, I think once the bug bites, and of course you're part of a, a very successful cycling team, um, and and the, the team, I think, requires you. You've been professional since 2018, and we'll get to a little bit of the history in just a moment, but how does a professional cyclist get, get paid? Is it every time you, I don't know, uh, make a full rotation of your pedals? Is it every time you ro- race a race? Or is it like a proper job? Where there's a salary at the end of every month and maybe a bonus if you if you do well. How how do how do you get paid as a professional cyclist? Yeah, so no, in cycling um, we we work on contracts, um, not really on hours. <laughs> so what what happens is we normally have um, a salary every month, and then on top of that we would have winning bonuses. So if we win if we win a race, we'd have. Um, a certain amount of bonus we'd get from the from the team or the sponsors, and then we then also rely on um, we then rely on um, prize money, which which I, I sometimes see as a bonus. You know, um, I think we're quite fortunate. A lot of people, you know, only get to see a bonus sort of at the end of the year, where we we get these often um, when we do win races or do well in a race. So. We all get these um, these bonuses to um, yeah, which actually just come as um, as an extra pocket money. Well, that's nice to have, isn't it? I mean, but the the requirement is that you've got to be at pinnacle fitness three hundred and sixty five days a year. You, you, I mean, is there ever a day where you think, you know, what today I'm not going to do some exercise. I'm going to stay in bed. I'm going to eat ice cream, and then when I'm full of ice cream, I'm going to have two pizzas. Do you ever have those days or not? No, 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 not really. Um, but you, you know, you, you, you sometimes think about those days, and then you actually think about how fortunate you are. Um, of course, if the weather is really bad outside, um, everyone don't want to go out. Everyone will be really happy to just uh, stay in bed and um, and just spend time with their family rather than being out riding in the rain. But also, we do we do see ourselves as um, really fortunate people to be able to do what we do on a daily basis. And but also, we we, we get a lot of time um, to sort of do whatever we want to do because we, we we ride for sometimes seven hours, which is quite long, and then sometimes we we ride for three hours, depending on what uh, what the program is on the day. And then after that, we basically have the day to yourself to spend it with family or do whatever you want. So that's that's something I think we as cyclists really appreciate. And it always stays at the top of mind. Um, whenever you sort of think about, you know, those days where you sometimes really feel lazy. I mean, in Cape Town in no- November, it was really windy. And some of the days I would wake up and then just see super windy outside. And I wouldn't want to go out because I know it's not going to be fun if I'm going to be riding at 15 k's an hour pushing 300 watts. Um, that's not fun at all. So you know, I would rather go out in a day where I can actually roll a little, a little faster at 30 k's an hour. Um, but now I've started doing mountain biking so I can actually have a bit of fun on those windy days where I can actually uh, hide myself in the, in the forest and, <laughs> and get to enjoy it a little bit. 
a bit of variety. Now, you grew up in Capricorn Park near Musenberg in Cape Town, and that's a tough part of town. Capricorn is, uh, is uh, there are parts of informal settlement, there's some formal housing. It's not a rich area by any stretch of the imagination. That upbringing was tough, but both you and your sister, I think both very early on, showed some very strong athletic ability, and she's um, done very, very well with her athletics. And, of course, you were spotted also, I think, by the age of 12 or so and and given the opportunity to take your athletic ability further. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we we were really good at school. We were really good. And, um, I mean, not to brag, but at school, (laughs) from primary school up to high school, the school highly relied on us to, to to bring maximum points. And it was almost guaranteed that we were going to get maximum points for the school. Um, so when they were counting um, points, they knew they were getting maximum points from the two of us. So, and, I, and also I, I always, um, I always say this because this is how I think. My sister is, is probably the, the most talented person I, I've actually uh, known and she's probably more talent, uh, more talented than I am. Um, you know, I'm, I just have to work hard, and I've been working hard. Whereas for her, it's really talent, and I've seen her winning and breaking records um, at athletics with with very little training or almost no training at all. So that was really amazing to see. But also um, the two of us really working together and supporting each other. Um, which sometimes can can be a bit difficult. You know, I, I know a lot of brothers or, or siblings, actually, that would sometimes see each other as competition when one is doing better than the other one, um, where in our case, we've always supported each other um, with our events, knowing that um, we, we, we're both um, good athletes and we're capable of um, doing really good in our events. Um, so I think, yeah, just really supporting each other and 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 really knowing that um we we've got what it takes but um sadly she actually didn't continue with sport after after actually before matric she decided to rather focus on her studies um and and just uh, do something else where i just um, decided to carry on with sport um but also in south africa for for women um sport is really um, quite a tricky field to to focus in because it's hard to make a living out of. Um, yeah. I mean, I think for, for for men it's slightly different. They can make a living out of it, but for women it's it's really difficult. Normally they'd have to puzzle where they do sport professionally and have a day job, um, which is very tricky. Yeah, it is most certainly. I mean, the great inequity of of sport and the inequality in sport as well in terms of uh, the, the gender breakdown, in terms of the uh, remuneration for, for success is, is huge in South Africa. It's big worldwide, but particularly big here. Talk to me about bicycles and the day that you first got on a bicycle and went, actually, I'm quite good at this too. Um, no, actually, it's, it, yeah, it's quite a funny story actually because um, the first day I actually got given my, my racing bike uh, with Ben Bicycles, we went out as a group um, one afternoon and I didn't know anything about bicycles. So there we were riding um, and the pace started changing. Um, as as, as you know, in cycling, there's always change of speeds. So accelerations are starting, guys started going faster and 
and they are worse. And the next minute, I was actually the last guy on the road. And I looked back, and there was just no one. All the guys have gone uh, gone past and were up the road. Um, and then, yeah, they just yeah, they just kept on gapping me and having to wait. Um, and then I was asked to actually go home. So I didn't finish that ride that, that day. So I was uh, actually asked to go home. Um, and obviously that really didn't sit well with me. So from there, I really started working hard. And on school holidays, I'll train twice a day. Um, and then I started getting better. And I remember the December school holidays um, that year, I was actually the second best in the club. And whenever a rider was performing better and showing um, good progression, they would um, be rewarded with uh, with a lighter bike and aluminium. So from there, I started getting uh, new bikes um, quite often. Every month, I would change bikes and get a better bike um, that I wasn't changing down down in the tube, but I was changing on the STIs. Um, it was quite a big thing uh, back in the days. But um, it required a lot of work just having to, you know, it be- becomes quite competitive because I already had um, a running background. So I was very competitive. I didn't enjoy not being one of the best in the club. So I kept on working hard um, until I was actually the best in the club. Okay. And from there, I started um, looking at competition. That's when I really started enjoying the sport. So to um, try and find a club that would actually give me an opportunity to to actually race competitively when I was 14. Um, that's how Velokaya came up about when I joined Velokaya and started doing my first Cape uh, Cape Town Cycle Tour, which was the Cape August back then. And then from there, it was it was just um, way forward. And I mean, at, at that at that time, it's so easy to multitask, do running, duathlons, cycling, and be able to win everything I actually entered. Um, you weren't, until but you weren't doing much schoolwork, were you? I mean, there, there is no way that you keep up with this punishing schedule. Your sister's worked this out. She goes, you know what? Actually, I'm going to concentrate on <laughs> academics. Nicholas is going, I've got wheels. This is fantastic. I'm going to go cycling twice a day. And other than being exhausting, it's also massively time consuming. And it doesn't allow you the sort of focus that you might otherwise have on schoolwork. So have you studied further than school, Nicholas, or has the focus been entirely on trying not to fall off bicycles? No, no, no. So uh, for some reason, I couldn't manage school and, and all the sport I was doing because when I, when I was highly involved in sport, I didn't have friends. So I, di- I, I didn't have any time to go play with friends. So that's the time I was actually either either riding or doing schoolwork. And then I remember I, was, I started racing super competitively when I was uh, in grade 11. And then was traveling quite a lot as well. So what I did was um, I had to leave school and do my matric via homeschooling, which obviously uh, needed money and a lot of money. And and I was very fortunate to have Alton John paying for my um, uh, school funds for my matric year. So um, I'll always be grateful for that. Yeah. How did so how did I, you yeah, how did you get? I mean, uh, where, where did that connection come from? That's a fabulous story. Yeah, so I was involved with uh, Swain Tile, um, who lives in the UK uh, and has a few uh, cycling events uh, here in South Africa. So he he somehow knew Alton John from from a friend of his, and we were looking at we were looking for funds at the time. And Alton um, has seen my story and and my journey, so he was very happy to. <laughs> um, to fund to fund my schooling, and after after I finished school, I then studied 
um, sports coaching and administration. Um, and that's when I moved overseas. And then from there, life got um, really busy. And then I thought, um, I mean, I, I, obviously after, after studying, I, I then thought when I turned professional, I didn't know what to expect. So um, I didn't want to take um, any studies that year. So so that if, if life got really busy, then at least I had a bit of um, um, room to recover. So from then, I actually haven't uh, studied anything further. Mm. Uh, do do you get yeah, support in, 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 do you get any support in your life as a professional athlete I spoke to footballers about this and I think the football industry has become a lot better at it but just in terms of guidance and counseling and mentorship and financial advice because as a sports person your your, your career is as good as your body and your body you know is, is super fit and stuff but one big crash and suddenly you're no longer a professional cyclist. And so you've always got to be, I suppose, aware of that. Do you get this that sort of support in your career? Uh, yes. I, th- I think a lot of people, especially Africans, uh, may not have the opportunity to have, um, you know, these people or this kind of help. But I, I sometimes regard myself as probably one of the luckiest athletes in the world. Um to have had the best mentors um, one can actually think of. Um, I've worked, I've had so in, in, my, in my junior years and my first couple of years as a professional, I had a circle of, uh, of mentors, uh, including Ryan Sands, Vanessa, Vanessa Sands, Ben Swift, who writes for Team Ineos, which he, uh, he's one of the best teams in the world. Um, and Swen Tile and Mark Sinke. So I, I, I had all of them looking after me and um, really sharpening me um, in sort of me, my mental and my financials and, and a lot of things. So I've learned quite a lot from them um, in, in a way of knowing how to manage my financials. And because, I mean, if, if, you, if you come from Africa and you grew up in, in a township, and you get a professional contract, you know, when you first get your salary, then you start to get excited and you start to get a big head and then you start seeing a lot of things and you just want to buy. Um, so in, yeah, in my life, I had all these people around me uh, that really um, were there and had the best interest at heart um, supporting me um, on and off the bike. So from them, I learned quite a lot on, on just how to, to tackle um, life. But with 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 um, with success comes some financial reward, of course, and with some financial reward comes a lot of temptation. And my favourite question, as we reach this closing stages of the discussion, is: Do you have any sort of small nyana skeletons when it comes to money? Do you buy things you shouldn't? I mean, I don't expect that you buy bicycles or cycling gear or cleats <laughs> and things like that. I'm sure that's all included. But do you have a, a an expensive um, car habit or or something along those lines? Um, no, 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 I actually don't. I, 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 I highly believe there, there's stages for everything. Um, so, I mean, I, I do I do own a house and a few flats, but also um, I remember, I mean, I think after a year when I first turned professional, I actually bought um, a BMW, um, a super expensive car, and it was fast. You know, when, you, when you're young, you love, you love fast cars and... Um, really beautiful car. It was a supercar, and 
and I started growing and I actually started realizing I spent a lot of time away and it's, it's, been, it's been eight months in the garage parked. Um, so it was a waste of money. So I decided to sell it. And after that, I decided not to buy cars anymore. Um, and rather just to save everything. And um, if I do spend, it's only on property, really. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I don't spend much on expensive things. Okay, that's good to know. Do cyclists have retirement funds or is, is all your money? Because so many South Africans like to put money into bricks and mortar. They like the idea of owning physical property. Um, yes, we always told it is really an important thing because we, we retire quite early. Um, around 35, 36, we're already looking at retiring. Um, so we, we, we have uh, funds that we put away as... Um, retirement funds um and i actually work with uh, citadel on this um, okay. sort of putting funds away that you can actually uh, be allowed to actually dip uh, dip in um when you do retire because um but also having the normal uh, retirement funds that i think you can actually only dip in much later in your life um Absolutely. so it is really um important but also um, highly advised have. Nicholas, thank you. We must make way for the president, unfortunately, but I thank you for your time this evening as well. South African cyclist, lovely guy, Nicholas Damini this evening, all the way from Capricorn Park near Musenberg onto Global Cycling Racetracks. A lovely story. Thank you for sharing it. Nicholas Damini.